0: Welcome to Trace on the Case, the podcast where we talk about unique cases, economic damage claims, financial investigations, and various aspects of white-collar crime. My name is Paul Rodriguez, and I'll be your host. My partner Deb Temkin and I have over 60 years of experience between us in doing what we love to do, tracing money and tracing the people. We've seen it all, and in this show, we're going to be taking you below the surface, deep into our world, so you can learn how we work and how we've solved some very complex problems. Because let's face it, the most tricky cases require bringing in the experts. This is Trace on the Case. We have a tremendous episode ahead of us. We are happy you're here, so let's get into it. Hi, my name is Paul Rodrigues with Trace on the Case, and today we're going to be talking about fraud, drugs, adultery, murder, suicide, Ponzi schemes, and crazy things like this. So you might be asking yourself, what does this have to do with forensic accounting? Because I am a forensic accountant. Well, it has everything to do with it. And that is, is you will discover as you do investigations, and hopefully if you'll follow along with our podcast, you will find out about my fascinating world and about things that we uncover in the business world with unscrupulous business people. I call them snakes in suits. So sometimes I tell people I'm a professional snake hunter. I'm hunting basically people that are trying to do something wrong. They're causing financial damages, and I've got to find out how they did it. And if it's not a fraud and embezzlement case, I'm trying to find out how somebody may have breached a contract or somebody's trust or fiduciary duty or these types of things, and I find out what happened, and I have to calculate the amount. In these podcasts, I will be sharing real life stories because the best stories are the real life stories and they're more unbelievable than the movies. You might be wondering how I got here, how I got mixed up in the world of truth versus lies and how I find truth in numbers. So basically what I'm doing is is I am trying to find facts and piece together the various facts anomalies that I see and weave it into an understandable simplified story because some of the cases are very complex. You've got a lot of different actors. You've got a lot of different amounts of data and numbers flying everywhere. Well, how I got here is kind of a long story, and I'll try to keep it short, but I actually started off as a physics major. I'm always intrigued by things that are hard to understand and, and complex mysteries. I enjoy watching detective shows. In fact, being a forensic accountant is like being a financial Sherlock Holmes. You need to have the right background. You've got to understand financial statements, transactions, how money moves within the accounting system, and where unscrupulous people can hide the truth and you've got to have the credentials. Without the credentialing, you're not going to have the skill set to be able to do this. You need to, when you're working with large multi-million dollar cases, you need to be a certified public accountant. You need to be a certified fraud examiner. You've got to understand financial forensics. You have to understand economics and economic damages in order to do this type of work. So it's really a multi-disciplined type of work that i do in other words there's an old saying figures don't lie but liars can figure and so i'm trying to use that to figure out what happened most people think that accounting is boring and only for introverted people and you know a lot of times and sometimes it is So I wasn't originally drawn to accounting. Maybe that's why I started off as a physics major in college. I wanted to unravel the mysteries of the universe. But instead of creating the next nuclear weapon or figuring out how to harness fission energy here on Earth, I got interested in the business world and unraveling the financial world instead. One of the first jobs that I had after my undergraduate degree in college was that I worked as a staff accountant. One day I walked into my manager's office and had explained to them that I thought that if somebody was really unscrupulous, they would be able to rob them blind and probably get away with tens of millions of dollars and they wouldn't be caught. So then my manager said, no way. And I said, yeah. And he said, hello, how would this work? And I told him, if a person did X, Y, and Z, that it would work pretty easy. And I'm not going to tell anybody here on how to do this. But at any rate, he was floored, and we tested out the system to see if it would go through, and it would. And after that, he said, Paul, you've got to go back to school and get your... And become a certified public accountant, a CPA, and that they were willing to pay for it. So that's how I first cut my teeth on forensic accounting. After getting my graduate degree, I went on to work for one of the big four public accounting firms in the tax department. And outside of tax season, we were uh, given consulting projects to work on, could be anywhere in the U.S., and I worked on some fraud related cases and receivership related cases, mortgage fraud, and that even piqued my interest more. Fast forward several years, I eventually became a tax partner and during the off season, I worked more and more litigation support cases, which I really enjoyed. So I made up my mind that I wanted to do litigation support and expert witness testimony full-time. It was then that I decided to sell off my public accounting practice and create a new forensic accounting practice. Then, of all things, what happened on one of my very first cases, I got involved in an investigation. It was a large manufacturing company that was having some difficulty both with cash flows and with profits they had been falling and the question is why because when the owners took a look at their financial statements and looked at their job costing reports it appeared that they were profitable on the jobs and yet it just disappeared so the question is where did the money go that's the question and who did it if there is some financial improprieties occurring In doing the investigation, that not only was fraud occurring, but there were other perpetrators. There was fraud, drugs, adultery, and murder all occurring on this one case. And I discovered this over the course of the investigation through asking many, many questions and looking for anomalies. Financial anomalies. And financial anomalies are items that you don't expect to see in the data but yet they're there or the flip side of it would be you expect to see certain transactions but they're not there. So with this case what we did was we utilized a tool called proof of cash. It's almost like a reverse bank reconciliation whereby we use the known data the best set of data to interrogate the other data and what we find is we find additional transactions in the banking records that were not recorded in the financial records and that led to unraveling this whole case and it was the accounting manager that was committing a embezzlement scheme And once I determined that, we ran background checks on her, and we were able to find that her sister, lo and behold, owned a trucking company that they were overpaying. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. They then set up additional shell companies and started bailing money out that way. And like I had mentioned previously, I also look for motive, and that way, once you understand the motive, you can sometimes identify additional items that were stolen or misappropriated. And in going through all the questioning, I found out that her motive was needed extra money for drugs and for an illicit affair, and that the other co conspirators that were in on this one of them was the plant supervisor who was committing adultery with the office manager. The office manager then was blackmailed by the plant superintendent to hire his son who had killed his wife. As you can see early on my eyes were opened that you really need to approach a case In a neutral and unbiased fashion, you need to basically have the blinders off and be aware of what's going on financially and with the people that are involved. So in our upcoming episodes, we will be talking about more exciting cases and how we unraveled it uh, and what financial tools and analysis that we used. As I mentioned previously, this we use the proof of cash. In upcoming episodes, we will be talking more about tools like this and additional tools that we use to help understand and analyze data, whether we're using multi relational databases, or artificial intelligence, or regression analysis, or statistics, or how to train computer algorithms to quickly find the smoking gun in tons and tons of documents and data. Thank you for listening to another episode of Trace on the Case. If you've enjoyed the show, there are many more on the way, and we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's the number one way to help the show. To learn more about myself, Deb, and Trace as an organization, visit TraceForensic.com. And thank you again for joining us. We're very excited to talk with you again next week, so bring a friend.